0: David Eichel here, HawkeyeInsider.com. Fresh off the worst round of golf I've ever played in my entire life. So, alright, starting this one off on a, on a good note. But good to be back with you just for a quick mailbag podcast. Sean Bach is hard at work giving our VIP members an exclusive scoop about several Iowa basketball prospects, especially uh, including a couple of uh, official visits that have officially been Set up so our VIP members are getting the details there. Be sure to go to HawkeyeInsider.com for that. But yeah, it's been a while since I've done one of these. This quick mailbag podcast. I really want to continue to get you listeners involved. I want to continue to improve this podcast. I know we've been on a hot streak as far as getting guests. We've done podcasts with former Iowa kicker Keith Duncan. We've had Caitlin Clark on, and I'm currently in the process of landing a couple other big time guests. Throughout the summer, I have a full podcast schedule. So incredibly, incredibly, incredibly excited about that and continue to see uh, where we can take this site and where we can take this podcast. So again, HawkeyeInsider.com. Be sure to follow us at Hawkeyes on 247 on Twitter. But without further ado, let's get right into this. I know you guys have had several questions, especially on the recruiting side of things. Remember, the NCAA dead period comes to an end starting on June 1st. 15 months later, so a great chance for 2022 prospects to actually get the full recruiting feel of things instead of going by Zoom, virtual visits, and all of that. I mean, that that's such an incredibly tough circumstance for the 2021 class. I felt horrible for them. I know several other uh, people, and probably all of you did as well. I mean, you know, going across the country without officially stepping foot on the campus and really not getting a full scheme, you know, the full look of things, it's got to be such a tough circumstance, especially for families that are already hesitant on sending their child that far away uh, to college. And the first one, can you summarize the basketball recruiting outlook and what are the changes of that? Yeah, you know, it's going to be a really interesting summer, I think. Obviously, Iowa's been after some of their top targets for a long time. You think about guys like DeSante Bowen, the six foot three point guard at a Brewster Academy. Uh, I was definitely in on him. I mean, you got to look at a couple other schools that are potentially in the mix. Maryland is a big time offer that he just got. And they're going to be looking at him. University of Miami, Florida has been there as well. And Michigan's kind of poking its head there. So I think those are a couple schools you're going to keep an eye on there. Iowa's done a great job. And I do think that he is one of the top targets, if not the top target in 2022, he just does different things differently than any other Iowa guard on its roster. So he'd be a big time addition. Uh, I'm assuming he's going to be able to land a few more offers this summer, especially with the AAU circuit going back in the full swing. He's got a lot of talent, a lot of skills. Again, just does different things. So I'm excited to see kind of where he goes. And I don't anticipate Iowa backing down whatsoever on him. And I do think at this point, Iowa is near the top of his list. You continue to go down the list with guys like Tyler Nickel, the small forward, eight, two 210-pounder, 24-7 sports composite four-star, Iowa's definitely doing its due diligence on him. I do anticipate Nickel continuing to blow up on the circuit. If he lands a blue blood offer, I do think that he's going to elect to stay on the East Coast. Will that blue blood offer come? I think so, but we're going to have to see what goes on there. Another big target you want to keep an eye on is Josh Dix, the Council Bluffs Iowa shooting guard. He grew up an Iowa fan. Iowa extended an offer to him last month. They've been working hard on him as well. At this point, there's no 2022 commits. If you remember, Iowa did land Riley Mulvey, who was originally classified as the 2022 center before talking with the Iowa staff and ultimately electing to be an early enrollee. So he will be on Iowa's campus starting this summer. He will be able to make an impact on next year's team. And I do think that he is. Going to get about 8 to 13 minutes a game. Yeah, he needs to continue to put on strength. But his defensive prowess just brings that sort of stability in the middle. He will have some freshman moments. But I do think that current Iowa center Josh Ogundele is going to need another year before Iowa puts the trust in him to be able to really, really get the job done at a high level. Again, we saw flashes with him. I do think Ogundele will be a player in the future. I just don't think that that's going to be next year. So a couple other names you're going to want to keep an eye on. Uh, you go down the list. Iowa did recently extend offers uh, to Reed Bailey, who is actually Desante Bowen's teammate, six foot ten, one hundred eighty pounder. I do like where Iowa sits there, and you know there'll be a couple other guys to pop up the list. Patrick Wessler is another guy uh, that you'll want to keep an eye on. Will Shaver, Iowa still after the six foot nine center, and obviously the um, Patrick Wessler is a seven foot two hundred thirty five pound center. Got a lot of no quit in him. I really like his game. He's a three-star, but he's going to continue, I think, to kind of build up the list and continue to develop his skill set. Another target you want to keep an eye on is Kyle Filipowski, the power forward six 6'11", 230-pounder, four-star by 24-7 Sports Composite. There is an update on the Hawkeye Insider VIP board regarding him. So if you're a member, I encourage you to check that out. Sean Box done a fantastic job. If you aren't a member, get 30% off an annual subscription to HawkeyeInsider.com or a month. Or get your first month for $1. I think you'll be plenty satisfied with what we got there. And the second part of that question flips over to the football side of things. Official depth chart and weight updates in Iowa football. Yeah, I do anticipate we'll be getting one this summer. I have not seen or heard of an official depth chart. I mean, I can give you my way too early rundown of that. And it's not going to be consistent whatsoever. But you know what? Let's do it. Let's have some fun with it. I'll quickly do a... A rundown of it. I do think that Spencer Petrus is going to be Iowa's starting quarterback. Yes, Alex Padilla has done a very nice job. I think he was one of the more impressive quarterbacks, maybe the most impressive quarterback on Iowa's roster throughout spring ball, at least in the pair of opportunities that I got to see him. But Spencer Petrus has the experience. I think he showed enough upside, and I think with Padilla raising his game, I do think that that's going to push Petrus to the next level. And with that being said, if Petrus does not get to that next level and Padilla continues on the upward trajectory, I don't put it past Kirk and Brian and them to actually make a change this season if things don't go well. Running back. Yes, I do think that obviously Tyler Goodson's a starter, but this may surprise some people. I think Ivory Kelly Martin, when he comes back from his knee injury, will have a say in what's actually going on in the running back room. He does have that speed. He's got the knowledge of the playbook. He's got the experience. But I will say, and this is maybe one of my more, I want to say out there predictions. I think Gavin Williams, a redshirt freshman out of Dallin Catholic, will be Iowa's number two running back. I think the way he complements Goodson's skill set, the way he showed an ability to cut back throughout spring ball, he's got the quick feet. He's six foot, 213 pounds, has that chiseled frame, incredibly strong. I think he's going to be a guy that complements Goodson well. Iowa love the LaShawn Daniels Akram Wadley to running back system. Now I don't think Williams gets the carries that Daniels did, but I do think that it's going to be similar in terms of the skill sets and the upside there. So I think Gavin Williams will be Iowa's number two. I think that Ivory Kelly Martin, they'll fit in some packages for him to do some things as well. But again, he won't even be cleared. I think till summer uh, I'll only to go back on the tape to actually remember that. But remember he had a major knee injury. I believe he suffered in December. So He did not participate in spring. There's a new running back coach. And I think Iowa's offense is going to change a little bit, especially in the past game. The running game, I still think it's going to be the zone outside scheme. Going down the list, uh, fullback, Monty Potomac, Turner Palisard. Wide receivers is where I think it gets really, really interesting. I think Tyrone Tracy is going to be Iowa's starting Z but I also think you could throw him at Brandon Smith's old position. Yeah, he's a little bit undersized, but I think there's something you need to keep in mind. Remember when Brandon Smith went down a couple years ago during Tracy's redshirt freshman year? Tracy ended up taking over his role for a couple of games, and that's when people really got to see the beginning of what Tyrone Tracy can actually do. The The electricity he brings to the field, the explosiveness in the deep pass game. I wouldn't be surprised if they did line up Tracy at X, I think that's where he can shine again. Doesn't have the size, but I think that's something to wanna, you know, wanna maneuver. I think you could throw him in there in different sets. I think Charlie Jones is going to be a guy that obviously gets some good snaps. I think he's Iowa's number three receiver right now. Nico Regani is going to be in the slot. I think he's a prototypical Iowa slot guy. I think he'll lead the probably lead the team in receptions again. The fourth receiver might I want to say it'll come into a shock of some people. I think Keegan Johnson, the true freshman from Bellevue West, will be a very key part of this passing game. He just brings too much to the table. He's Iowa's highest wide receiver recruit in over a decade. The size, the, the consistency, the route running, he's just far more advanced, I think, as a wide receiver than any Iowa wide receiver they've gotten in quite some time. They need to be able to find a way to put him in a position to succeed. And I think he's. I not want to say be the, He's not going to be the focal point of this passing game, but he's going to be a good member of it. I think he'll have a couple standout, highlight-worthy, re, real plays during his true freshman year, and that's really all Iowa needs of him. If he gets a couple of touchdowns, then that's just going to, I think, boost that room's confidence even more. Moving on the tight end, Sam Laporta, Luke Lachey, others to watch. I think Elijah Yelverton's number three, Josiah Maiman, Bryce Schulte are three. But Sam Laporte obviously is number one. I think he has the makings to be an all-Big Ten caliber performer. I love what he brings to the table. He's got two years of experience. He looks back at his freshman film, said he laughs at how bad he was. I didn't think it was that bad, especially for being a freshman. But he said if you don't laugh at your film, then you're not progressing as a player that you you want to, uh, that, that sort of upward trajectory. Luke Lachey I think has an incredibly high upside. He was an All-American tight end in high school. Suffer, I think he had a couple injuries early on last year, but his dad was a big-time blocker for Ohio State, offensive line for Ohio State, played well in the NFL. I don't think the blocking will be too big of a challenge for him. Big body target. I think he's going to be a guy that's only going to get better with more reps that he gets. And we'll kind of speed on the offensive line. Yeah, look, I think Jack, Jack plummet left tackle, Mason Richmond behind, left guard, Kyler Shot. Uh, one of the top 10 returning interior offensive linemen by Pro Football Focus. Number th- I believe he had the third highest pass grade among interior offensive linemen uh, as far as the Power 5 conferences goes. Something to keep in mind there. Tyler Linderbaum, no surprise there. Right guard. I think Justin Britt's going to be able to hold down that right guard. I really liked him coming out of high school. Remember, he had that knee injury that kept him out. I believe he played in four games as a true freshman, had a knee injury, didn't play. That much last year. But again. I do think that. He's going to be a guy with a very high ceiling. And Cody Ince didn't participate at all. In the spring. Just due to a minor injury. I think that Cody Ince is going to start at right tackle. I I love his upside. He's played all over the offensive line. He knows every position. He's got to be able to step up with Mark Kallenberger. Electing to end his football career. Defensive line. John Wagner is going to start. Dowling Catholic. Former four-star guy. Defensive tackle. I think Noah shan has got that locked down. Maybe they look for a grad transfer there. A couple other guys, keep in mind. Isaiah Bruce, Logan Jones, maybe Lucas Van Ness. He he showed some great things in that second spring game as well. Right defensive tackle, Yahweh Black. We did not get the chance to see him in spring ball, but I've heard nothing but good things about him. He was a very, I don't want to say under-the-radar prospect when Iowa picked him up, but he's a guy that went from a low two-star to a four-star by 24-7 sports throughout the last several months of that recruiting cycle. Really excited about his upside. I'm interested to see what he can produce on the field. And right defensive end, Zach Van Valkenburg, Deontay Craig, or Chris Reams. Now, going down to the linebackers, I'll name the cash position. Uh, I know that Iowa could run a 4-3. If Iowa runs a 4-3, then Justin Jacobs is going to be the other linebacker in the mix. So just keep that in mind. Cash, Dane Belton, obviously. Maybe they throw Logan Clemp or Sebastian Castro in there. I, I'd lean more towards Sebastian Castro. Um, Mike linebacker, Seth Benson, you know, another guy who I think showed some really good things last year. And Jack Campbell, who I think's poised for an all big ten caliber season at linebacker, weak side linebacker. I just really liked what I saw of him last year. I know a lot of people did too. Very easy excited about him when you look at that size, speed, and his ability, just that lateral quickness to get sideline to sideline. Cornerbacks, Matt Hankins, Xavier Williams, uh, the transfer from I. I think Williams suffered a couple injuries throughout spring ball, but I think if he continues to learn that defense, I think he's too athletic to be able to keep off the field. Riley Moss, who I think was arguably Iowa's most impressive player in spring ball. He looked really good. He'll line up at right corner. A couple other guys there to keep in mind. Terry Roberts, Jamari Harris. Safeties. Jack Kerner. Kevon Merriweather, the starting two. Another couple guys to keep an eye on. Quinn Schulte and Reggie Bracey. I really like Reggie Bracey's game, but I, I do anticipate that Kevon Merriweather is in for a big, big, big time year. I really like YC album. From a leadership perspective. From a skill set perspective, from an athleticism perspective, I really think he has a chance to really piece it all together. And then the kick returner, that's going to be up in the air. I think that, you know, Charlie Jones maybe is a guy with his success in punt returning. Maybe he gets back there. Maybe they throw in Arlen Bruce at kick returner. I, you know, I, I think his vision, his shiftiness, I think he'll have a say there as well. I know that Kirk Ferentz and them might be a little bit hesitant to put a true freshman in back there but again if you're looking for electricity i think the arlen bruce can bring that electricity and tory taylor starring punter and then caleb Shudeck at kicker that that's my very rough take just going down the list of what i have couple notes i do anticipate an official depth chart and weight updates will be given sometime in the summer again hawkeyeinsider.com will keep you up to date for that Is Iowa changing some of its offensive philosophy? We hear about studying Mac Jones' short passes to let playmakers make plays. In general, I know. I don't think so. But as far as certain packages, and especially in the shotgun set, I think that Iowa, there's a lot of room to maneuver. I think that when you have guys like Arlen Bruce, when you have guys like Tyler Goodson, Tyrone Tracy, Keegan Johnson, you're going to want to be able to put those guys in a position to make plays. And we saw the stats. If if Spencer Petras gets rid of the ball in 2.5 seconds or less, good things happen. And again, I, I think that if you want to get him to get rid of the ball in that time frame, line up in shotgun, reduce the amount of five-step dropbacks, get him in the shotgun, quick two-step dropback, boom, one progression, two, three, and you can read three progressions in about 2.5 seconds Bam. If Iowa wants to go that route, I anticipate we see more shotgun. Maybe we see a little bit of it at the beginning. Spring ball did not show us too much. I don't mind the philosophy change, but you also need to realize this. When you do a 2.5 seconds or less, if you're training a quarterback to do that, you have to make sure that they don't get panicked when they go over 2.5 seconds. A couple of times in spring ball, I think that Spencer got a little bit too... Caught up in getting rid of the ball, and he made a couple of bad bad passes. Or as far as I know, maybe the what he showed against Purdue and Northwestern. Tried to hit Tyler Goodson on a wheel route that had two people on it. The safety came over the top to make it three, and there were a couple other guys that were more open downfield. So you got to be able to say, hey, look, we want you to get rid of the ball in 2.5 seconds. But we'd rather you hold on to the ball and make a proper decision than just to get rid of the ball in 2.5 seconds. I think that summer and fall camp is going to be a tremendous way to kind of work through those things, especially since he's starting to train himself like that. But, again, you have to be all the, you know, be careful about how you coach that because you don't want Spencer to get in a panic because the biggest thing that I said that Spencer Petras needs to improve on going into next year is his comfort in the pocket. Stand tall, be poised, be confident in the decisions you're making. I think at times last year, when he would make one bad decision, it would be a sort of a domino effect, and he let that affect him. Come out strong, be strong in the pocket. That confidence resonates among his teammates and among his wide receivers. And remember, while there will be confidence, I think, especially in summer work, you know, in in spring ball and summer workouts and fall camp, it's a different confidence when you're on Saturday in a full Kinnick Stadium, going up against a Big Ten opponent. He's got to be able to have that confidence, and I would say have that leadership, but from every review and every interview that we've done, we've heard nothing but great things about Petrus's just skills as a leader. So and that's what I would say about that. Iowa's zone running scheme, I think, will say the same. There's still going to be Iowa football, but I do think that there's a lot of room for some creativity in the offensive philosophy. Next question, are you hearing anything about Deontay Craig, the defensive end of Indiana? He was someone I was excited about in last year's class, but haven't really heard much about. Yeah, I think Deontay Craig's doing exactly what he needs to do. He was never going to be a guy that really played as a true freshman. Yeah, he could have maybe sprinkled in here or there. He's got great explosiveness off the edge. I think that going being behind John Wagoner this year is going to teach him a lot. I think he is a guy that's going to start for Iowa football. Eventually, I think his upside's high. I mean, from from everything that I've been told and we've asked about, he is doing what he needs to do, and he's been a good teammate. He's really more, he's a funny guy, but more, you know, still a little bit serious natured and committed to his craft. So I do think that Deontay Craig will be a difference maker down the line. How much is it this year? Who really knows? I think that there are a variety of options on the defensive line this year. I mean, we talked to Phil Parker, we talked to Jay Neiman, they talked about. How there could be 8 to 10 players that get in the mix this year. Now, I don't think that that will be that way on game day. But at this point, there's 8 to 10 guys that haven't been able to totally separate themselves. I think that Wagner, Yahweh Black, and Zach Van Valkenburg have separated themselves. But the rotational guys are still kind of working out. And I think Craig has every opportunity to be able to see some snaps this season. Uh, I would like to know more about Raymond Braithwaite impact on strength and conditioning as he brought any new ideas or techniques or is he the same guy in charge I don't really know too much about as far as the specific ideas and techniques I have heard that I love his philosophy just when it comes to coaching he's not from what I've been told from players what we've talked to him about he's a much more I want to say serious natured guy he's not as much of a in your face yelling kind of guy. The biggest thing I think and maybe the most important thing that he has brought to the table is if a guy is struggling, Braithwaite and the coaches look inward and they don't assume things. I mean, I've heard you know, I've heard that conversations have taken place between his, you know, guys in the locker room and, and Braithwaite and the strength and conditioning staff, hey, what's going on? Are you having a bad day? How's your family? Is there something going on in school that's you know affecting your workout? Is this? Is that? I think there's much more of a a personal feel than sort of an army drill instructor feel. Now, Braithwaite still doesn't put up with crap. I mean, this is still a Power Five strength and conditioning program, especially one of Iowa's caliber that has been nationally regarded. Uh, for, you know, since Kirk Ferentz came to the to the University of Iowa, but as far as the, the nature and the way that Braithwaite conducts himself, I've heard really good things about it, and I do think that, that will ultimately translate uh, to more effective on-field performance. I mean, off-the-field chemistry leads to on-field production. We've heard coaches say that. We've heard players say that. And I, and I think that that's going to be the case with Braithwaite. But as far as the intricacies of, uh, of the workouts and all that, I really can't speak too much to that. Uh, Can you discuss Iowa roster football changes from past season to current? A lot of 2020 guys, mostly walk-ons who had remaining eligibility are no longer on the roster. I feel like most Iowa walk-ons stick it out for four years. Yeah. You know, I I think that, you know, walk-ons are very hit or miss. You, You, you hear a lot about the guys who stick with the program because in Iowa's program, a lot of those guys who stick around for four years, they end up actually making the field. They end up making an impact. How many times we've seen it down the stretch? I mean, you look at guys like you know Jack Kerner, Dallas Clark. You you, you can get on the list throughout Kirk Ferentz's career, but for every one of those stories, I mean, there's three or four guys that you know whose football dreams they like to take a different way, or just to leave the sport ultimately. So we'll get in the more intricacies of the roster itself when it comes to uh, when it comes to summer when they send out the official depth chart. But as far as what's been going on now there really aren't any surprises, at least from our perspective. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Iowa fans were were surprised when a couple of these guys elected to, to leave the program. But as far as significant contributors going into next year and really impacting what the depth chart could look like, I really don't think that there's that much of a loss right now. And the second part of that question is, if we break down the new developments in the Iowa um, – Racial disparities lawsuit that was filed. I have not looked into the intricacies and the you know the 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 specifics of it, so I don't really want to speak too much on it, so there won't be any misinformation about it. I promise we will provide an update when more information surfaces, and I've done my due diligence to look through that. Um, but as far as right now, I have not looked through it enough. In short. Kirk Ferentz is cleared of any legal wrongdoing. Former Iowa strength and conditioning coach Chris Doyle and Iowa offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz are not. That's probably as deep as I want to go with that. Again, I will do my due diligence. I will provide an update. But at this point, I have not looked into specifics enough to feel comfortable commenting on it because I don't want misinformation to be able to be out there. Again, I will get you an update, but that's as far as I know right now. Uh, With two of our walk-on quarterbacks transferring, will Iowa try and pull a quarterback out of the portal? I don't think so. I I don't see a reason to. Yeah, it's sort of scary when you look at Iowa's roster right now because there is only three on the roster right now. You look at Alex Padilla, Spencer Petrus, and Deuce Hogan. But you need to remember that Joey Labis, Iowa's 2021 four-star commit uh, and signee, obviously, will be arriving on campus in summer. That's four scholarship quarterbacks. Maybe they try to get someone to walk on. But I, I really don't see a need for it at this point. So I, I wouldn't look too too much into that. I remember that Jack Sharp was a bit of an undersized quarterback from New York. And he was only he early enrolled. But, I mean, again, from New York, walk-on quarterback. So maybe he missed home, didn't want to be that far away. Maybe there's a couple of other things there. Maybe he didn't see a pathway uh, to the field. Connor Capsack, has been here for four years. He probably wants to be on the field more and just realized that it's just not going to be there for him at Iowa. Uh, how much more roster turnover do you think there will be in football this offseason? I think there will be a few. I Again, I hate speculating on this because I don't want to dive into, oh, maybe this guy will transfer. I could see this guy transferring. I don't think it's fair to the university. I don't think it's fair to the players to speculate on that. But I would be more surprised if there was no more further offseason turnover. Then not, especially with the new rules in place, get the one-time free transfer. Maybe you guys want to take advantage of that. So again, HawkeyeInsider.com, we'll keep you up to date on everything. I wouldn't look too far into it. And honestly, I wouldn't be worried. This is the college sports landscape now. It's the college football landscape. It's the college basketball landscape. When turnover happens, Iowa's just going to have to adjust, adapt and adjust to it. And final question, are Riley Mulvey and Peyton Sanford going to be in Iowa City for summer practices? When do they arrive? When does Robracha, Philip Rebracha, the North Dakota transfer, get to Iowa City? From what I understand, I will need to check them on Robracha, but Peyton Sanford, Riley Mulvey will be here in early June. Robracha, I assume, will be there at the same time. That's when the offseason program really starts taking into effect, and I do anticipate a much more normal summer workout and summer schedule. Uh, going this offseason obviously it's a big offseason for iowa basketball but yes they will be on campus they will be able to get in the mix of things i talked about mulvey earlier i do think that riley i think that riley mulvey is going to see time this year peyton sanford i think is going to redshirt. but he's got a heck of a shooting stroke and if he can keep up defensively and improve on his improve on his athleticism maybe he sees a couple of minutes a game but i do think that it might be smarter to redshirt him at this time well, I think that's good about it. do it for the mailbag podcast has been David Eicholt. You can follow me at David Eicholt, D-A-V-I-D-E-I-C-K-H-O-L-T on Twitter. You can follow Sean Bach, our great recruiting guy for HawkeyeInsider.com and everything else at Bach 247 Follow our main Twitter at Hawkeyes on 247. And we'll be back to talk with you more in a few days about the latest and great, uh, latest storylines regarding Iowa football basketball recruiting and so much more appreciate listening hope you all are staying safe and well and take care